revelation in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Go with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, this morning. One of the things we are doing um, during these um, days of fasting and prayer, we want to hold each other accountable as much as possible. And the first four days, particularly those of you in leadership and those of you in one service group or the other, every time we came online, we will tell the leaders to reach out to people to, in case you need to be reminded. Ideally, you should not be reminded, but we understand people can get busy and maybe distracted because we find out that there are many more of us that can be joining these online meetings that are const- um, presently joining the meetings. And that's going to continue this week. Um, I believe I was informed that I should try and finish very early today. <laughs> Praise God that there are going to be a number of meetings after service. I will do that. So please, um, district pastors, that you need to meet your people and leaders, that's fine. I'm going to try and make sure I leave here before 11 o'clock. Somebody pray for me. <laughs> but I want to throw this out to particularly those of you that are just members of the congregation. Um, because we are still building the system to get to you. If you would like us to help you, to follow up with you, to remind you when the online meetings are coming up. I've told the assimilation team at the back, just before you leave service today, you can drop your name and they will get some other details from you and you'll be assigned to a small group. It's difficult to try and monitor hundreds of people. But a leader can track 10, 15 people. When the meeting starts, Pastor Leia will just drop a note inside our pastor's chat room. Everybody sign up. That the meeting has started. And after the meeting, if you, if you didn't join the meeting, it will drop a Let us know that you missed the meeting. So we'll know. So you can be held accountable. Many of us need that. I want to do that to as many people as will allow us to do that. So if Nobody contacted you during the four, um, four days that we started um, and you didn't get any information. You can drop your details. And if you are not part of our, our WhatsApp chat rooms in church, drop your details. We, we, so much communication goes on during the course of the week. And many things like we've noticed now that we even see on the pulpit, particularly in the form of announcements, some people don't hear it. But you don't, if, if you have a chat room, you can always be reminded Ah, we are praying at this time today. We are doing this today. And then you can join. Hallelujah. John chapter 1 from verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Hallelujah. I want to touch on something very powerful this morning when we talk about takeover. And the first thing I want you to understand and to be reminded of again, it always starts with God. The things of God and the things God is telling us and calling us into, they start with God. It always starts with him. Now, in the course of all these teachings and what we're going to be doing, a lot of things are going to be demanded of you. Don't let me um, deceive you. I mean, look at this, 21 days of fasting. Going without food for the old day. For some people, that's a big task. I mean, our own plan in church is at least till 4 p.m. At least. I reminded them to send out our fasting guidelines again. You can go beyond 4 p.m. That's okay for you. You can even go for a whole day or two days or three days where you're not really eating. That, that, that's okay. 
But that's pressure on your flesh. How many people know what I'm talking about? How many people know what I'm talking about? Or oh, you don't fast. If you fast, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Amen. You have to spend time praying. I mean, we got into, I got into a zone. When we, I, I like those, these extended prayers we do in church. Even me, the pastor, there, there's a dimension you get into that when I'm praying personally, it's not always like that. But when you're in company of three, four people, certain things, I mean, there are so many things that can happen, the atmosphere alone. And it was a press. Praise God. Even things like what we talked about last week, to refrain from grumbling and to choose to be thankful and to give thanks and to celebrate God in the midst of difficulties. How many of you saw those ugly fur cues when you were coming to church this morning? How many of you had to queue for hours this week? And we know these things are not necessarily convenient. And God knows these things are not convenient. But even in the midst of all these things, please hear me and hear me very well. God's plan for your takeover has not changed. Hallelujah. And God's will for you to walk in dominion, live in dominion, exercise dominion, reign in life, and to be on top. It has not changed. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? And what you need to do is to learn what to do. How do you behave when you are traveling through a desert? And now you have to be there for 40 years. We, we talked about that. And in a way, that's our story today as well, according to Apostle Paul. Said these things about the wilderness church, they were written for us as our examples. So in your own journey, and I'm seeing faces here, and as I'm seeing faces, I can see challenges, I can see victories, I can see triumphs, I can see all kinds of, but I'm seeing people going through things. And I want you to know that it's okay. It's okay to be going through things and have to fast, and have to pray. And have to meditate on the word of God. And still have to serve and do those things. It is okay. And one thing that will help you very well. While you are doing all those things that you are being taught. And having to navigate through all the things you have to navigate through. These things always begin with God. And that's what John was pointing us to in this text. In the beginning, God was in the beginning. It all starts with God. It does not start with Nigeria. It doesn't start with you. So don't make it all about you. Make it all about God. It doesn't start with your problem. It doesn't start with your difficulties. It certainly doesn't start with your victories and your successes. So don't let any success get into your head. In the beginning... It was God and his word, and they were one and the same. And he was particularly emphasizing the word of God here. But please read on with me. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, the word or God. And without him, nothing was made that was made. 
in God and in his word was life. And that life was the light of men. Hallelujah. Last week we talked about holding on to the prophecy of God. Your takeover prophecy. You hold on to it like a word or like a candle that shines in a dark place. Because yes, we are going through dark, place, dark times and dark seasons. But thank God we have light. And that light comes from God. And it comes from God's word. Hear me and hear me well, my brother, my sister. You don't have to abide in darkness. The prophet said in Isaiah 60, rise, shine, your light has come. Can somebody shout out loud this morning, my light has come. The glory of, the God, of God has risen upon me. He said darkness may cover the earth, gross darkness the people, but you don't have to abide in darkness. Why? God can give you light. It always starts with God. Oh, pastor, I'm going through some difficulties now. In my marriage or my career. And quite honestly, I don't know what to do again. God is not referring to physical darkness per se here. Back to what Pastor May was sharing with us yesterday. It's a figure of speech. You don't have to be confused. Even when you don't have all the answers, glory be to God. And there will be times like that where you don't really have all the answers. But you will have light. God came to Abraham, arise, leave your father's house, get out of your father's country, to a place where I will show you. Abraham did not have all the answers. You ask Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, Abraham, where are you going? He will tell you, I don't know, but I have a light. Hallelujah. I have God. I have a word from God. What word is that? He told me to leave my father's house and to go to a place where I will show you, where he will show me. It was like a light in a dark place. He didn't have all the answers, but he had God, and he had God's word. You read the end in Genesis 24, verse 2. God had blessed Abraham in all things. I prophesy over you, that will be your testimony in Jesus' name. But start with God. And make it about God. Because in him... Is the light that we need when we are walking in the dark. I love verse 5. Read it with me again this morning. You don't have to read it out loud, but just read it. The light shines in the darkness. The light shines in the midst of world scarcity. The light shines in the midst of economic difficulties. The light that comes from God that comes from God's word. It shines in the midst of health challenges. And then he said, the darkness, the challenge, cannot comprehend it. Can I tell you something, my brother, my sister? If you will walk with God this season, what God will do in your life, the devil will not be able to comprehend it. Hallelujah. You yourself will not be able to comprehend it. I love that brother's testimony today. That's the kind of thing God does. He will always exceed your expectations. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. In the midst of, ah, the economies. And yes, the economies, we can't deny that. But there's a God that is our light. 
and his light can shine in the darkness. And the darkness will not be able to comprehend it. Are you still following me this morning? Jump to verse 11 because of time. And now let me say this before we read on. Please, this is where I'm going this morning. I took a lot of time last Sunday, and I want to just talk on that briefly, that this takeover is for everybody. This takeover is for everybody. And the complementary revelation to that thought and that truth is that this takeover is a takeover by grace. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 4. Hold your place here in John. Go with me very quickly to Romans chapter 4. This is a text you should actually be familiar with. Romans chapter 4 verse 16. Somebody say, my takeover is here. My takeover is now. And my takeover is by grace. It's not by my effort. That does not mean you will not make effort to. But understand that it's not by my effort. Come on, let me hear you say, it's not by my effort. It's by the grace of God. And God did it that way deliberately. Why? Because God wants everybody to have a takeover. Not just a few of us. Hallelujah. But all of us. Romans 4, 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. Praise God. Watch this. This is what I want to emphasize in this verse. So that the takeover promise might be sure to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. The promise might be sure to all the seed. Every one of us. So because God wants the promise, the takeover promise to be sure to all of us, God did it by grace. However, to access that grace, you have to believe it. So that's why he's saying here, it is of faith. You have to live by faith, walk by faith, because the promise is by grace. Because God wants it to be to everybody. If God said only those people that come for prayer meeting on Saturday will take over, we will have a problem. <laughs> only those people that come early to church on Sunday will take over, there will be a problem. Only those people that join meetings online will take over. There will be a problem. So God didn't do it that way. God said, by my grace, everybody will take over. Hallelujah. Is somebody glad about that? No qualification. The only qualification is the qualification of Jesus. Giving freely to everyone. Now, that doesn't mean I will not pray in fact, that should actually ginger you to pray. I will come to that in a moment. Hallelujah. Glory, glory be to God. 
So back to John chapter 1 verse 11. Listen to what he now told us here. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. And we know the story of Jesus. We're already beginning to see Christmas all around us. God sent him as a gift of God's grace to everyone. Came to his own, his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. Can somebody shout, I believe? Verse 13, who are born not of blood, but nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but they are born of God. And the word became flesh, verse 14, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. This is where we are going this morning. Full of grace and of truth. I'm going to save all of them. <laughs> Praise God. Or, like we are discussing at this time, I'm going to give all of them takeover. I'm going to take all of them to the top. I'm going to establish all of them in dominion. I'm going to establish all of them. All of them. Somebody shout all of us. But I'm going to do it by grace. I'm going to save all of them. So I'm going to send my son. And my son... Is going to come full of grace. What is grace again? God, grace is God's free gift to all of us. Someone said it's an acronym that means God's riches at Christ's expense. It is God saying, I will save you. I will help you. I will heal you. I will deliver you. I will prosper you. I will give you peace. I will give you takeover. Not because of you, but because of me. Not because of what you have done, but because of what I have done. Not because of what you have accomplished, but because of what I have accomplished. I'm going to make it not about you. Can I say this again in case someone has not heard it? This takeover is not about you. It's about the grace of God. So my son is going to come in your stead. My son is going to come in your place. And he will pay the price that you cannot pay for yourself. He will die the death that you cannot die for yourself. He will do the heavy lifting that you cannot lift for yourself. All you need to do is to receive him. <laughs> Praise God. And you follow him. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Verse 16. Put it up for me in the Amplified, please. Let's read that verse 16 again. Somebody say, my takeover is about God's grace. It's not about me. You know, every time we talk about grace in this text and in this dimension, it's supposed to encourage us to let you know that my failures of yesterday does not hinder the greatness that God has in store for me tomorrow. Hallelujah. 
my shortcomings of yesterday does not hinder the greatness that God has in store for me tomorrow. I can, I can come to God just as I am. Can you tap anybody to your left and to your right? Say, just as you are. Right here, right now. You can come to him and you can begin to enjoy the takeover he has in store for you. Verse 16. For out of his fullness, his abundance, we have all received. Hallelujah. All had or have a share and we were all supplied with one grace after another. Praise God. So that's what grace does. It's supply. It's actually endless supply. Day by day supply. Week by week supply. Month by month supply. Year by year supply. That can never be extinguished. Hallelujah. One grace after another. One spiritual blessing upon another spiritual blessing. One favor heaped upon another favor. Glory be to God. One gift heaped upon another gift. Ah, Pastor, I, I, I think I missed the supply last week or the supply last month. Or, oh, Pastor, the way, the way I'm feeling right now, I don't feel as if I've been enjoying God's supply. Forget about all that. I'm telling you that right as you are right now, there's another supply of grace for you to enjoy this week. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. There's another supply for you to enjoy today. Because it's not about you. God did it that way. Because he knew he was dealing with human beings. Hallelujah. But this is what we need to learn and to be wary of. Like the people in the days of Jesus, when he came to them and they announced to them salvation by grace, like he has come to us in this season, in this church at this time, and he has announced to us, take over by grace. He said some of his people did not receive him. They didn't think it was for them. They didn't think it was for them. And it's because they did not understand how grace works. Hallelujah. See, if you understand how grace works, and you understand that there is supply, praise God, supply from God to do and to experience what he wants you to experience, your shortcomings, your weaknesses, your failures, your mistakes, your disappointments will not hinder you from coming. Hallelujah. We were reminded um, in one of the sessions at Supernatural, talking about Moses, talking about Jeremiah, and when God came to them and told them, Moses, I have a takeover mission for you. Jeremiah, I have a takeover mission for you. They were telling God about their shortcomings. Jeremiah said, I'm a young boy. I cannot speak. Moses said, I'm a stammerer. I cannot speak. But God, it's not about you. In the beginning, God. In the beginning was God's word. It's not about you. This 
take over assignment I'm calling you onto. It's about me. I will supply you with grace that will outshine the darkness of your stammering. Hallelujah. And Moses and Jeremiah adjusted. And they took over. That's what you need to do. You need to renew your mind. Renew your mind. Change the way you are thinking. That's what I mean by renew your mind. Change your perspective. God can use you. God can make you great. God can make you stand out. God can give you victory in every area that you have been experiencing failure up until now. You can take over by his grace. Hallelujah. Because grace will keep supplying and keep supplying and keep supplying until you have more than enough. So God will not say it's only those people that come for a prayer meeting that will take over. But let me flip that truth to you. What God will say is this. I have done all the praying you will ever need to pray. But come and pray with me. So come on Saturday. Come and pray with me three hours on Saturday. Join me prayer online, 6 a.m. every morning. It's not that if you don't pray 6 a.m., you won't take over. No, take over by grace. But join me. And it's in that place of coming as you are. Look, you should understand the place what, ah, there's prayer meeting in church today. I don't feel like praying. But you know, I'm going to drag myself. Let, let, this is how grace works. So I will drag myself to that prayer meeting. <laughs> Praise God. And I will just join. Because I know it's not about me. It's not about how I'm feeling. And I'm going to participate. And get involved. I will dive into that prayer stream. And I will pray. And hear me and hear me very well, everybody. It's in the process of doing that. That that supply of grace now begins to speak in your life. Imagine if Moses, after he had that burning bush experience, turned back and went to Jethro's house. And started recounting story. Ah, God appeared to me in a burning bush today. And God said he was going to send me to go and take over in Egypt. And deliver the children of Israel from their years of bondage. But he stayed in Jethro's house. Will he ever have seen the grace that manifested in his life? Talk to me. But Moses understood that, ah, it's about God. And though I'm a man of stammering lips, and interesting, oh, interesting. Let me just throw this by the way. Moses was not born a man of stammering lips. If you read about his days in Egypt, they said he learned everything. He was like an orator in Egypt. It was his failure. See, quite honestly, it wasn't the stammering that was bothering Moses. It was his failure in Egypt. And that's what failure does to us. Particularly as you go on in life. You will have tried things and you will have failed. They had tried. They wanted to save that um, Jew that day. He tried and he failed. And he had to run as a fugitive. And he had been in hiding. And his confidence, his morale, his belief in himself, it had been shattered. And he was a broken man. But can I tell somebody something this morning? That's when grace comes for you. <laughs> Amen.
Let me close. Three major things I want to quickly remind you about grace this morning. When we're going to pray. And somebody will walk in grace this morning. Number one, grace is for the underdogs. Grace is for the underdogs. Grace is for the Moseses that cannot put two sentences together without stammering. That are intimidated to stand before Pharaoh. Grace is for the underdogs. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26. Grace is for you that you don't feel qualified. I don't have the education. I don't have the money. I don't have the skills. I don't have the experience. I have never done it before. Grace is for the underdogs. The takeover grace is for the underdogs. So don't disqualify yourself and don't cut yourself off from receiving the supply of grace because you are an underdog. God knows that you cannot speak, Moses. God knows you have failed. God knows you have lost your confidence. God knows you have been hiding in, in the desert. But then he's coming for you. Let me look at a neighbor, look into the eyes and say, God is coming for you. Come on, talk to somebody and say, grace is coming for you. Will you receive it? He came to his own, but his own said, ah, no, I'm an underdog. I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. I'm too shy. I'm too weak. But listen to me, grace is for you. Can somebody lay their hands on their head where you are seated this morning and declare as loud as you can, this takeover grace is for me. I receive it wholeheartedly. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26, for you see your calling brethren that not many wise according to the flesh. Is that how you feel this morning? I'm not wise according to the flesh. I don't have the degree. I don't have the pedigree. I don't have the qualification. I don't have the experience. Grace is for you. You are the called one. Hallelujah. Not many wise according to the flesh. Not many mighty. Not many noble are called. But God has chosen you, Moses. He has chosen the foolish things of this world, the failures of this world. Those that are in hiding, those that cannot speak. He has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame those who are mighty. Hallelujah. Verse 28, and God has chosen the base things of this world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are, which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. So that no flesh will glory in his presence. Hallelujah. A word, just sidebar. In case there's anybody here that has wisdom in the flesh, like Apostle Paul. You know, Apostle Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees before grace came. This text is not saying that if you are the president of the nation, God cannot use you. Or if you are the governor, that God cannot use you. If you are the CEO, that God cannot use you. No. That's not what he's saying. I already explained what he's saying, so let me say what he's not saying. 
Perhaps there's a governor sitting down in our midst. He's telling you that even if you are a governor already, you're already in a high place. Don't make it about what you have in the natural. Set aside. Paul said that all the things I've accomplished, I have set them aside as dung so that I may know him and I may know the power of his resurrection. It's just a matter of understanding how grace works. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Understanding how grace works. Grace works for the underdog. It doesn't work for a person that says, look, what God has called me to do, I can do it now. That's what we did last year. No, you've never done what God is calling you to do. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. It hasn't entered the hearts of men. So you humble yourself. And if you have already been humbled by life, which is where majority of people will find themselves, this scripture is telling us that grace is for us. Hallelujah. Ah, pastor, I don't feel like praying. You need grace. That's why you should come for the prayer meeting. Hello? It is for the underdogs. Hallelujah. Number two, and I think I've already stressed this, but I want to mention it again. You need to set your mind in grace mode. Your mind must be set for grace mode. This is a takeover by grace. It's not a takeover by what I have. It's not a takeover by what I can do. It's not a takeover by what I know. We, we wrapped up the prayer yesterday. And we're praying about God. Open our eyes. Open our eyes. Let us see what we have not seen. Ah! For what God has in store for each one of us, there are things that eyes have not seen. There are things that ears have not heard. So you, you, you have to set yourself. I can never do it by myself. I don't have what it takes, but God, here I am. Send me. Use me. Make a statement through me. Glory be to God. And you set yourself to receive the enablement that God. That's why these things we are teaching, they matter. It's not, listen to me, it's not because if I pray, or until I pray, God will not give me takeover. No, that's not the way it operates. Like we said, it's by grace. God has made my takeover available because of himself. However, to flow in that grace and to keep receiving that supply of grace, that's why I come to pray. Does that make sense to somebody? Don't worry about what you don't have or what you need. Learn to receive the supply of God's grace. Hallelujah. Touch your head one more time this morning. Say, my mind is renewed to receive God's grace. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's by the spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. Lastly, this morning, and I will close with this one. Take over grace practices generosity. Take over grace 
Does what? I didn't ask you to whisper. Take over grace does what? Take over grace does what? Somebody talked to me this morning. I can't hear you yet. Take over grace does what? I still can't hear somebody this morning. Take over grace does what? Last Sunday we talked about practicing thanksgiving. Thanks living. That's what we called it. This week, what are we saying? Practice generosity. Practice generosity. Go with me to Acts 20. Let me just use this text to wrap this thought up. And generosity is not something we are strange to in this church. Acts chapter 20. And Pastor Leia, you can be at ease. Don't worry. I'm finishing with this text. Anything that happens after this is not means the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but I can tell you, my mind is to finish with this text. Hallelujah. Acts 20 from verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God. It always starts with God. I can teach you about prayer because, sir, you need to pray if you're going to take over. I can talk to you about renewing your mind. You can't be thinking like a pauper and you are going to take over. Even if your experience is proper experience, you have to start renewing your mind like somebody that is meant for the palace. So you have to renew your mind because that's where you are going. Somebody shout that's where I'm going. I can talk to you about love walk. God loves you. The earlier you settle that and make that your mantra for life, even if you are queuing for three hours to get petrol. Because when you are queuing that kind of queue, you say, ah, God has forsaken us in this country. <laughs> and you tell yourself, even in the midst of this mess, God still has my back. The, the, the spies didn't understand love and God's love for them. They saw the giants. And they said, ah, we cannot take over the land. They are too big for us. Joshua and Caleb understood God's love for us. Yes, they are giants. But if God be for us, they are food for us. God will defeat them. That's what I'm, I'm talking about, love work here. I can talk to you about that. I can talk to you about gratitude. And you need, to be, you need to be thankful and you need to be grateful. And I can teach you about generosity. This thing is not for stingy people. But we always tell you it starts with God. And it starts with God's grace. So we receive grace to be generous. We receive grace to be grateful people. We receive grace to walk in love. To receive God's love and when people offend us, we will love them with the love that God has loved us. We receive grace for mind renewal. When you are reading scriptures, when you are meditating on scriptures, ask Holy Ghost, open the eyes of my understanding. Let me see something I've not seen before. We receive grace to pray. It's not every time we come to pray in church. I can tell you on any pastor that will feel like praying or will feel like teaching or feel, it's not every time. 
But we show up and we stand there and we believe God for his grace to enable us. And that's how you do everything in life. It's not everything your husband says or your wife says that you will like. But in that situation, you receive grace to love that person back. You don't have to return fire for fire in your marriage. You will burn down the house. We'll talk about that more next week. <laughs> Praise God. So after teaching them all the things we're to teach, I, said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Telling you that's where it comes from. All the strength you will need, all the energy you will need, all the, it will come from God and his grace. And I'm pointing us back to there. So we are talking about generosity this week. We'll be generous. Not just in church. Everywhere you can find yourself. Just give love. This is Christmas season. Let me tell you about the car conversation this morning. So one of the kids asked, what's Christmas all about? And the one that was sharp, it's about gifts. <laughs> because he wanted Christmas gifts. <laughs> And they ask a question, they were trying to say, it's about Jesus. And we had to come in and tell them, both of you are actually correct. Yes, it's about Jesus, but Jesus was a gift. And what God expects is, just as we have received his gift of love, we should imitate God and also be givers by the grace that we have received. If you hear what I'm saying this morning, shout amen. amen. So I'm telling you, I'm commending you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. If, if you do this takeover by grace, you will be built up. And it's able to give you an inheritance, give you your takeover. Inheritance is another synonym for takeover. That's what we are talking about. There is an inheritance that God, God has paid for it. God has purchased it with his blood. God has defeated the enemy. Just go inside the land. Give you an inheritance among those that are sanctified. And that's us. We born again people of God. I now began to teach them. You, see, you must understand how the Bible is written. So he's telling you, this is what grace will do for you, but this is how you access grace. This is what grace will do. Grace is not what you do. So this thing I'm teaching you is not until you are generous that God will give you inheritance. No, grace has brought you an inheritance. But learn generosity. Practice generosity. Because in practicing generosity, you will receive the supply of grace. Be prayerful. Not that, ah, if you don't pray, God will not bless you. No, God has already blessed you before you said a prayer. But be prayerful because in the place of prayer, you will receive the supply of grace that will give you your inheritance. Be grateful. Be thankful. Don't live a life of complaining. They complained in the wilderness church and then the destroyer came and destroyed them. So that was our example. Don't complain. Find a reason to thank God. Why you are queuing for three hours for petrol? If you've ever done it before, you know how hard it is on the flesh. Am I right or am I right? But in the midst of lack, 
you must know how to say, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And you'll be amazed how God will open a door of supply for you. Hallelujah. Verse 33, I'm closing. Pastor Leia, don't bind me. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities. I walk for the food I eat. I walk for the clothes on my back. I walk for the roof over my head. I walk for the cars I drive. You know. And for those that are with me, not just for me, for everybody that is in this ministry with me, verse 35, I have shown you, um, what he's saying here is, this is the way, the grace that will give you an inheritance among those that are like, this is the way. I have shown you in every way that by so laboring, walking, but look at what he now twisted here. He told us, you know that my work is what provides for my necessities. He now said, look, look at mind renewal, look at mindset. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So there are two mindsets Apostle Paul is teaching us here, back to mind renewal. There are those that, please watch, watch, I'm closing. I walk, but the reason why I walk is so that my basic needs can be met. That is a mindset. But that's not a takeover mindset. And you need to renew your mind Particularly with a scripture like this, if that's the way you're thinking. And you can check, this is December, how have you lived January to November? If that's the way the things that come into your hand, if that's the way it pans out, then you need to renew your mind. Not condemn yourself, renew your mind. It simply means you are not working with a generosity mindset. There is this mindset that Apostle Paul now taught. And it's interesting that, notice he didn't tell us to pray here. Notice he didn't tell us to be grateful here. Notice he didn't tell us to renew our mind here. What he's teaching us here is to be generous. Praise God. It doesn't mean we threw away all the other things. It means we add this to the things we are doing. There's a mindset where it's from my work that I feed. It's from my work that I pay my rent. It's from my work that I take care of my necessities and the people I'm responsible for. But I work so that I can be a blessing to others. This is not saying that you will not pay your rent or you will not dress well. Or take, no, no, no. Just saying that you prioritize the mind of God. So in your budget, look at it again. Look at the phrase. You can't change it. It starts with the word of God. And this is where grace to do this thing comes. Praise God. I have shown you in every way. Verse 35. By laboring like this, walk. But walk that you may support the weak. Not work that you may pay your rent. Work that you may support the weak. And that's not saying don't pay your rent. No, he's telling you that prioritize this. And remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is very interesting. You will not find this phrase in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You will not find that phrase. In other words, Jesus told Paul. I told Matthew, but he forgot. He used it to eat Eba. I told Luke. 
but he was watching World Cup, so he missed it. I told John, the beloved, but he was too much in love with me, so he didn't call it. Paul, I'm telling you one of the greatest secrets of life of grace. It's, it is more blessed to give and to receive. If you have a red letter Bible, those words are in red. Hallelujah. Rise on your feet. Let's close this morning. We are grateful. Oh Lord. I also want to thank God for his grace this morning. We are grateful. Oh Lord. For all you've done. For all you have done. For us. Hallelujah. We are grateful. Can somebody oh, sing that with a heart of gratitude this morning? We are, we are grateful. grateful. We are grateful. We thank you for your grace. Oh, we are grateful. We are 